Just we're gonna run in circles the whole podcast? Just before we start. Oh, okay. Welcome to the 13th episode of All the Books. Oh, you know what that means? Things are about to go terribly. Yeah, because we're also recording this on Friday the 13th. No! Yep. Oh, that's a double whammy. Yeah. Also, we're on the 13th floor of the library. Wow, that was a mistake. Why yeah. would we ever go yeah. to the 13th floor? We're in room 13. Oh, no. Yeah. And, uh, and we're watching the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm Eric. Uh, I'm Nick Gunning. This is All the Books, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk about authors, books, yeah. literary news. We sure do. James Bond sometimes. Sometimes we talk sometimes a lot. Sometimes too much. But, yeah. Sometimes too much about James Bond, yeah. if our listeners are... Are, yeah. are to be believed. It's their gauge. Yep. So uh, today you have a Coca-Cola. Yeah. I have a Sobe Life Water. What? Yeah. Okay. That, there's, there's also no name on that Coca-Cola. Oh my gosh. This the is bit just, is dead. Long no, live the bit. This is just a lot to spring at me mm-hmm. all at once. Mm-hmm. I, you're drinking that weird pink water. Yeah. I well, I was really thirsty. This, yeah. was, this was on sale. Oh. And after losing my fifth tooth, I just yeah. had to stop drinking Coke. Yeah. I mean, again, it's great because they were my front teeth, so now Coke just gets in my mouth faster. Yeah, it goes in quicker. So, yep. so here we are again. Yeah. Sorry, again. I was about to quote a share song. Which one? Uh, uh, after All? What's that called? Looks the like one, we made the it. The one with Peter Cetera. I, so here we are again. I guess it was me, Faith. No. I don't know. Okay. The one with Peter Cetera. Okay. All right. So, book news? Bookmark. Ah, oh, you fell into the trap. I sure did. Yeah, you did. You want me to go first, buddy boy? Okay. So here's where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we last recorded, I think I was currently reading these. I was reading Landline by Rainbow Rowell for the book club. Landline, I, I was had this like love-hate thing with Landline because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it was a little too crowded. We had flashbacks, we had oh. current story, and then we had the gimmick with, the, mm-hmm. with her making phone calls to the past. And right. It was like... It was too much. Mm-hmm. It was too much of, of all of those to really sure. make either one of them work. It was too much of all but, the books. Yeah. But by the end, all the it won me over, and oh. I ended up really liking it. So yeah, I'm interested to discuss it in the book club, because I don't know if the if the gang is going to like it. I think they will, mm-hmm. but I'm interested to hear what they think about okay. it. Landline, solid. Uh, I think I liked it better than The Attachments, her other books. I think it's I just read. called Attachments. Is it just called Attachments? Yeah, not The Attachments. Oh, okay. Uh, I finished the Smallville. Smallville was cool because it's like the TV show Smallville was on for ten years, and this is like a an eleventh season. Oh, they didn't hear that. I just rolled my eyes. Form. Yeah. So this one was about Lantern. Right. Clark gets like the Lantern ring from Krypton, right. which is kind of a cool. Is Hal Jordan in it? I think so. No, it's not Hal. Uh, John Stewart's in it. Cool. Host of the Daily Show, formerly. No, not really. <laughs> different John Stewart. Yeah. Those were both good. Uh, I also finished Rogue Lawyer. Oh, you hadn't finished that yet? I don't. Well, I finished it on the day we recorded, so no, oh. I don't. But I didn't like Rogue Lawyer. Right, we remember that. Yeah. yeah. And that didn't change with me finishing it. I okay. also still not liking it. So. Uh, what else? I read Star Trek, The Best of Peter David, a graphic novel we have here in the yeah. collection. Mm-hmm. Decent, dated, nothing Peter David's a workhorse of the graphic novel world. Yeah, he's everywhere. It's just like, yeah, he, I, he's actually done a lot of Star Trek stuff. Yeah, he has. He has a, a next-gen, um, next generation, for those of you who yeah. are nerds. Star Trek next generation. Uh, he has this, uh, a book called Imzadi, which is a, about Riker and Deanna Troy. It's one of the best Star Trek books I've ever read, uh-huh. so check that one out. But I <laughs> uh, read that, and it was okay, the Peter David. And then I also read, oh, the, the Gillian Flynn, her, that little short story that she has out. Home? Grown Ups. Grown Ups. Grown Ups. Not Grown Ups starring Adam Sandler. Right. Yeah, we did that bit and, last and time, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was good. Yeah. It was, you know, it's a short story, so it, it's not long. It's like probably about 70 Is pages. it dark? Not particularly dark. Huh. No. It, it's, um, the heck? It kind of reads spooky, but it was, it was good because it, it left me wanting more, but I was satisfied with what was there. So okay. I hope she writes another novel because I've, I've enjoyed it. Well, she probably novel. will. Yeah. Probably. But it's been a while. Yeah. The, her first came out pretty quickly, and then after Gone Girl, she's been kind of silent. Even this, um, even this grown up is not a, uh, it's not a new. new. Yeah, it was in a collection of George R. R. Martin oh. kind of put together a while back. So I don't know. Maybe she's kind of gun shy after Gone Girl. Yeah, but I hope she reads more. Uh, currently, I'm reading uh, The Bizarre of Bad Dreams, which is Stephen King's short sure. story collection. Yeah, it's cool because it he has like a little intro to each short story. It's a little. It's kind of 
you know, he talks about where he was when he was writing it and what led to it. So it's interesting. That's a nice addition. So is that intro read by a British elephant? Yeah, yeah, it's Babar. Yeah, Yeah. Babar of Bad Dreams. (laughs) Uh, I'm also, I'm better than a Star Trek kick, so I'm reading a Star Trek book called Rings of Time by Greg Cox. It's a Kirk-era book, and it Ah. has time travel elements, which I love. So, so far it's been really good. I actually found it at, like, a dollar store for a dollar, and I just picked it up. I was liking it. Cool. Graphic novel, I'm reading Wrath of the First Lantern, which is a Green Lantern yeah. Uh, story arc. I gotta say, with Green Lantern, this is my beef with the current Green Lantern comics. All right, maybe mm-hmm. you'll disagree, but mm, maybe I will. Every volume of Green Lantern is like, this is a huge epic, and yeah. I'm just a little. I have epic fatigue. I yeah, guess. that's true. Because I, I just want um, with Green Lantern, it, like they rebooted the the franchise in the yeah. comics. Yep. Uh, I can't even remember when it was. It was in the 2000s. Uh huh. But they rebooted it. They built to the Sinestro War, yep. the Sinestro Core War. Mm-hmm. And that was a big event. It was like the first big event we've had with that run. Yeah. And it was really good. Uh-huh. And then I think after that, it was Blackest Night, which was a big event. Yeah. And then it was um, whatever was the first it was one. Like, it was War of the Green Lanterns. War of the Green Lanterns. You're right. After a while, they were. it seems like they were just trying to do the Sinestro War yeah. core again. Yeah. So I'm kind of yeah. just like, blah, okay, yeah. whatever. All right. So... That's that's it for me. Yeah, we can't talk about comics anymore. We no. we talked a lot about comic books last week. Yeah, we're nerding out, so, so we gotta rein it in. I don't do you... think I actually read any comic books. Yeah, so I think like I'm I don't okay. even know you anymore. What I read like seven last time. Actually, not true. I gave the Dark Tower graphic novel, Dark Tower the Gunslinger, Oof. a go. Man. Man, it was boring. Yeah, did you finish it? Yeah, it was boring. Yeah, I don't. I, don't... I, I checked it out a while back and was like I'm gonna give this a shot and yeah. I just like opened the first few pages and was like Boy, I don't know what it is at I first like I finished this. it and I'm like maybe I don't like westerns but I don't think that's it I think it's just the world is like this yeah it's a weird world it's a well I everyone's mean, so serious in some it. people I know like Nikki here on staff loves the Dark Tower series mm. Stephen King sort of considers that his masterpiece yeah. So I think it's just either you buy into it and you love it, or you're just like, what is this? I don't, I don't yeah. care. And I'm definitely in column two. I just don't care. Yeah. I did not like it. Um, you know, I should leave my what I read open more often, my, my I read. Sure. So what, what did I read? I, I already talked about Lost Stars and everything. So mm-hmm. I guess, um, aha, I finished book two of Star Wars, Dark Apprentice. That's a Jedi Academy trilogy. Yeah, that's a Jedi yeah. Academy. So that was book two. That's solid. It's um, a good series. Yeah, it's pretty good. And are, you, uh, are you reading book three? Yeah, I, I have book three ready. Okay. I, I want to finish the trilogy yeah. in like record time. Uh-huh. Um, and then I want to read... I think I read those quite a ways apart, actually. I want to read some of the newer stuff I have on my Kindle. Yeah. I've got like Dark Apprentice yeah. and New Dawn on my I have Kindle. New Dawn. Yeah, I have New Dawn on my Nook. It was we like have a uh, sample that We day. have a lot of... The, the new ones. We have like all of the new ones here. Oh, yeah, I think we're pretty up to date. So I got to get those. I fin. Oh, I did read a graphic novel. I didn't tell you about. I read Volume Six of Wonder Woman. This was oh, the uh, yeah, yeah. Brian. Uh, oh man, how do you? How do we say his name? I don't know. Azarello. Oh, that I've was easy. Brian Azarello. Sure. Um, that's it's the end of his run. He did it for six volumes. Um, I like one, that series. It's it's intense. I like that odd. series. It. I didn't like the first volume, but when I was reading the second one, it dawned on me that. My problem with the first one, it was like, well, where is this Wonder Woman in context yeah. with the rest of the DC yeah. universe? Like, this Wonder Woman was completely different than the Justice League Wonder Woman. Yeah. But if you read it as almost like a separate universe entirely, yeah. like a Vertigo title or just like an Elseworld thing, then yeah. it, kind of, it works better. Right. It doesn't fit in at all. So if you try to make it fit, yeah. it doesn't. But if you it's just good. enjoy it for you know, at what one, it is. At one time... We have those, right? We have the whole run. Yeah. We, we just got the whole run. Yeah. Um, at one it's, time... It's worth reading. I mean, check it out. Yeah, that's true. I had realized a few years ago that I hadn't read any Wonder Woman comics. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and I'm like, I'm a big comic book reader. I've read like every superhero title. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've read Iron Fist comics. <laughs> and I hadn't read a single Wonder Woman. Uh. So um, the library I was at, they had like a bunch of them. And now I've read like 26 Wonder Woman <laughs> graphic novels. Wow. That's, that's a big number. Yeah. I've read, you know, I've read a lot of Wonder Woman, but I haven't read much where I thought like, that was great. Yeah, the... I'll tell you what I really like mm-hmm. is the uh, the Denny O'Neill run where he strips her powers and she's just like a secret agent, like like Diana. Yeah, you're Prince one of the few woman. people who like that. That I was know. a big that got a big yeah. backlash from feminists in the uh, '70s. Yeah, when it came out. Yeah, yeah, because they depower her. But yeah. I think I mean really, it, it kind of focuses on just that she's a powerful character, whether she has superpowers yeah. or not, which I think was cool. But well, you're not a woman. Uh, thank you, <laughs> because I expected you to call me a woman. Oh. No, 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the book I, I did read as well is Empire of Imagination. Gary Gygax oh, and the birth of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh boy. What's great about this is you got it. Yeah. For the library because yeah. I said I would read it. Yeah. And like that was a big well, deal. Well, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons has a huge following. I don't think you're going to be the only one who's interested in that book. Yeah. I, I didn't learn too much about Dungeons and Dragons because I've read other books and stuff about the history of D&D. <laughs> but I did learn a lot about Gary Gygax. He, he was kind of, he's, he's interesting because he's like, obviously he makes Dungeons and Dragons. He grew yeah. up reading uh, pulp fantasy books. So you okay. imagine he's a geek. Yeah. But he's also just like, he, he was a greaser for a while like <laughs> when wow. he was younger. But then, as he got older, he married this woman that looks like she came off the cover of an old, like, fantasy pulp magazine. Like, she looks like she would be on the cover of a Conan the Barbarian. Okay. You know, like, in Chainmail, like, Conan, yeah. help me! Right. But, like, he, their, their relationship was tor- turmoil because okay. he, he spent all his time either working on games uh-huh. and creating them or playing those games. Yeah. So he was rarely home and, uh, and with her, and she didn't really like uh, yeah. the games and everything. He cheated on her. Wow. He spent a lot of time... You get all the spoilers. He spent a lot of time doing cocaine because he wow. was in Hollywood trying to make a D&D movie. And it almost looked like that was going to happen. They made a D&D movie, didn't but, they? Yeah, in the 2000s. It's, it's one of the worst films ever made. Oh, okay. Um, but this was like in the 80s. So. It was the same time they had the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Everybody was making like tabletop games. It was mm-hmm. called like Chainmail and... Um, uh, Gettysburg, or uh, I might be saying that wrong, but there are all these other games. But then Dungeon Dragons hits the scene, and suddenly it's making like $30 million wow. in the 80s. And then, yeah, it's just... Wait, yeah. in fake, like, Monopoly? No, no, it was real money. Real money. They were making real money. Cool, cool. But it was just crazy. All this, uh, the woman. So there's this uh, woman he met in Hollywood. He had her come and help him out with the company. And... She was supposed to like help manage it and everything because he mm-hmm. had just got the company back from, uh, or he was trying to get the company back from some people he had done it with. The company was uh, TSR; they owned D and D, and it was going all over the place. The person who was, uh, the person who had like the most control over this company was yeah. just going nuts with like stuff. He was buying a helicopter wow. for the company. It was like they didn't need any of this they stuff. So she came in to manage it, and she took the company away from Gary Gygax. Gygax, but she she had money to do it because she came from the family who created Buck Rogers. Mm-hmm. So, but then she tried, after she, she took over TSR... Buck Rogers cash. She, uh, yeah, I didn't think there'd be a lot of... But here's the thing. Once she took it over, they tried to put out all these, like, Buck Rogers role-playing games. Yeah. And, like, other employees of the company was like, you couldn't sell that if it was laced in gold. <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't sell. So, have you ever watched any Buck Rogers? I don't no. think I have. I don't think I've no. seen any, like, iteration of that. Yeah. It's interesting because that book has a terrible cover. Yeah, terrible, and I terrible was defending cover. it to you. And the thing is, like, once you once you realize that they're doing a spoof on like Dungeons and Dragons covers, yeah. then it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it's really like I feel like that limits the appeal. A yeah, lot. you you look at the cover and you're like, oh, you you and uh, my wife didn't get it. No. But then I opened up the section where they have the photos, and there's the Unearthed Arcana yeah. game book and that's yeah. the exact cover they're so going if you for. know what they're doing then it's like great but if you don't it's like what is this yeah. piece of trash <laughs> so that's probably gonna limit so, the appeal i would recommend this or oh maybe i shouldn't say it maybe yeah. i should save it for a save segment it for the segment so okay. all right so you read some gygax yeah what else uh that's it it's book, time for book news. book news okay book news i got so much do you have any yeah i sure do buddy Ooh. okay so coming down the pike for February. We're looking at February. So these are the advance notices for books coming out yeah! late February. Let's do this. Here's a couple. We got Jeffrey Archer. You know Jeffrey Archer? You seen Personally? Yeah. He yeah. actually, uh, for, on my birthday last year, we, we hung out with we fishing. Jeffrey Archer. Yeah. Huh. Okay. He knows I love fishing. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't appreciate your sarcasm, oh. but uh, let me just keep going. There's a lot of lies in that story. I don't like fishing. Yeah. Well, I don't there's know. a lie in my story, too, because I do appreciate your sarcasm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Lies all around. Anyway, Jeffrey Archer, yeah. novelist. Yeah. You know, Google him. He's got a lot of stuff. Uh, he came to this library. Popular. No, he didn't. Who, who am I thinking? That was Archer Mayer, author of the uh, Joe. <laughs> Arthur, author of Joe. <laughs> author of the Joe Gunther series. Okay. That's Archer Mayer. Okay. This is Jeffrey Archer. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff. He's He's got a series called The Clifton Chronicles. And this is um, book six, and that is coming out, six out of seven. So this is the penultimate book called Cometh the Hour. So that's, Here it comes. Uh, yep, here it comes. Almost six o'clock. So Actually, for us, it's 10.55 right now. Wow. Five minutes, Cometh the Hour, wow. Nick. Wow, yeah. 
Uh, what else we got? Oh, MC Beaton. You know MC Beaton. You know that. She does yeah, the... Yeah, uh, can't touch me. No, 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 no. No, it's MC Hammer. Oh, MC Hammer. All yeah. right. Yeah. Boy. His light just burned too bright. Yeah, it shortly. did. It did. MC, if you're listening, sorry, man. He had to be on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my gosh. Why isn't he? He, he must have been. I'm going to look it up to see if... Can we just talk about a Dancing with the Stars thing right now? Okay, never mind. No, please. Go no, ahead. No, it's fine. No. It's just... Yeah. You're right. No, we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, MC Beaton has one called Death of a Nurse, and this is number 31 in her Hamish, Hamish Macbeth series. Hamish. So these are cozy mysteries. Ooh. Very popular. Yeah. And it's getting cold out, so you're going to want a cozy yeah, mystery. Yeah, you want to cozy up with a little MC Beaton. So this will be out <laughs> February 23rd. Mm-hmm. And then finally, and this is an odd one, uh, Meg Cabot, you know Meg Cabot, like Princess Diaries yeah. and different things. Um, she has a book called Remembrance coming out February 2nd, and it's book number seven in the Mediator series. Are you familiar with that series? I am not. It's a YA series. Okay. I should be then. <laughs> oh, geez. And, uh, no, it's all right. <laughs> the, uh, this is odd because the first six books in the series are YA. Book seven is being marketed as an adult book. Hmm. So it's like... Maybe her audience aged out Yeah, I guess it. they're like growing up with it, but yeah. it's just an interesting thing to do, to switch from... You know, so this we'll get this, and it'll be shelved in the adult section, which yeah. is just confusing. But right. uh, yeah, that's that's an odd thing to happen. I mean, it sort of happens with Harry Potter that it, you know, the books gradually get more and more like involved towards yeah. the end. But um, you know, this this is a rare case, I think, where they actually the series kind of jumps into a, another age bracket. Sure, odd. So if you're a Meg Cabot fan, check the adult section mm. for book seven in the Mediator series. I got some more, but uh, you know, yeah. I don't want to give it all away. No. Um, I could argue that you should give it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah, I wouldn't get the reference, though. So what would, what would be the song. point? It's oh, okay. All right. I always forget. All right. Here's the, the book news. Boy, that was so loud. Oh, I'm sorry. I just get so okay. excited about book news. Yeah, I know I just you do. love it so I'm, much. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, maybe I love it too much. Maybe I'm putting it on a pedestal, and if it's ever taken away from me, I'm not going to be able to handle it. Oh, why did you have to say pudding? I'm starving. I didn't say pudding. Yeah, you did. I said putting it on a pedestal. You just repeated the word pudding. No, I didn't. All right, go on. <laughs> These are the books that are coming out November 17th. I like a good butterscotch pudding. I don't like pudding. You don't like pudding? Sorry, man. I'm weird. You're weird. I, well, also, I mean, I guess I never met a pudding I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> I love vanilla. Yeah. I love tapioca. Butterscotch is my favorite. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying about pudding. Uh, I wasn't. I was saying these books are coming out yeah. November 17th, 2015. Okay. First, we'll start with the nonfiction. Great. Young Orson... The years of luck and genius on the path to Citizen Kane. So this is not about the pig from the Garfield cartoon? No. U.S. No, that's Anchors. not from uh, Garfield and Friends. Okay. This is Orson Welles. Orson Welles. It's, it's written by Patrick McGilligan. Interesting thing about Patrick, he looks like Stephen King. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, Stephen King does have pseudonyms, like Richard Bachman. No. Maybe he's writing it, a biography about a young Orson Welles. He's not. Maybe. Uh, Hubris, the tragedy of war in the 20th century. By Alistair Horn. So, war is bad. Where do you stand on war? Uh, What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Thanks, man. Give it again? Say it again? Say it again. Okay. (laughs) The timing was wrong. All right. 438 Days, an Extraordinary True Story of Survival at Sea. By Robert Robert Redford. Redford. It's not. (laughs) It's Jonathan Franklin. Oh. I don't know if this is true. I mean, it says it's true, but I haven't heard of this. This was November seventeenth. <laughs> Why would you doubt him? Hey, this is coming out three years after it happened because it happened November seventeenth, two thousand twelve. Oh, now it's coming out November seventeenth. I love a good shipwreck story. Yeah, when he washed ashore on January 29, two thousand fourteen, he had arrived in the Martian, uh, Marshall Martian? Island. He was nine thousand miles Mars. away. Wow. That's, he says that's the equivalent to traveling from New York to Mo- Moscow in a round trip. Good on you, Jonathan Franklin. Yeah. You made it. Jeez, navigate. <laughs> look at the sun look at the north star <laughs> okay here's the last one i think this is nonfiction. i'm not gonna take a stance on with this whether or not it is it's called well tin- I'm, I'm glad you're prepared it's called tinder nightmares so it's a hilarious look at some of the most epic fails of the often racy always ridiculous romantic exchanges on tinder wow. the instagram account of the same name has skyrocketed to popularity for its captivating sometimes so titillating true, ability to capture the real life conversations between people who are looking to connect with that special someone oh you know what oh sorry go ahead no go ahead tinder well speaking on on tinder one of our um yeah i got one that. of our I twitter bring that followers uh, this is a good at mick blame yeah. says to check out this app that it's like the Tinder of books. I'm going to tell you what this is called. 
It's okay. called NCVRS. Great name. So it's a nonsense title. Perfect name. Um, is it a declassified th- government the, document? Yeah. This is the app. Okay. I don't like it. Oh. Because wow. all you do is click, do you like that You're book? You're hard to please, man. Do you not like that book? Okay. You want to add that book to your bookshelf. Have you read that book? Did you like that book? Did you not like that book? It's, uh, it's a, I mean. It <laughs> sounds kind of cool to me. Except. The thing is, it's like, oh, now it's not recommending. The, the goal is like, oh, are you tired of Goodreads always recommending the same stuff to you? By the time I'm done with this, it's going to be recommending all the same things Goodreads is recommending to me. Probably. So anyways, I'm not a fan of this. But everyone, if you are, if you're looking for a Tinder for books, mm-hmm. um, something that's going to suggest books to you right. based off of uh, what you like, and you can just you know, swipe to the right, swipe to the left. Yeah. Uh, NC, N, oh, man, I don't even know if this is like acronym. I, I don't know. Anyway, N-C-V-R-S. Maybe I'll put it in the description for the podcast. N-C-V-R-S. Okay. So, it's just a free app. Well, I the, do na- not... the name is great. <laughs> I could like, tell It's like you're playing Boggle, and those are yeah. the only letters that you... So, would you read something like this, Tinder Nightmares? This isn't really no. my thing. Mm-mm. Okay, this, this is a nonfiction I think you might be excited about. Ready? I'm ready. Hold on, hold on. Now I'm ready. Okay, it's a biography. Okay. That's a memoir. Biography or autobiography? So if it's a memoir, it's probably an autobiography. Go on. But enough about me. A memoir. Okay. By Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yes. Scandalous, sentimental, frank and sincere, the ultimate inside account of a television and film icon. Please tell me that the audiobook is read by Norm MacDonald in character as Burt Reynolds. That'd be so great. I I haven't looked up the audiobook. It's funny. (laughs) Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, Burt Reynolds has Burt been Reynolds. a Hollywood yeah. leading man for six decades? He sure has. Well, wow. I mean, he was a leading man for about three decades. <laughs> now <laughs> he's been rolling around known for the last his 30. But... Legendary performances, Smokey the Bandit. status, and storied Hollywood romances. I love Smokey the Bandit. I'd watch Smokey the Bandit who's right his, now. Uh, who's his story what? romance with? Who's well, it? I mean, Lonnie Anderson, uh, Sally Field. Sally Field? Yeah. Wow. They were in Smokey the Bandit together. It's the whole oh. thing. Uh, all right. Well, are you going to read this? Would you read a? Maybe. It's it's along with uh, John uh, Winoker. So I don't I, know how much of it is him. I don't know that name. Okay. With a forward by John Voigt. Oh, Voigt. Yeah. Famous Voigt. for his quick cameo in Tomb Raider. I don't think that's what he's famous no, for. No. Yeah. Lara that's, Croft Tomb Raider. That's the what movie. He's known for. That's what he's with Angelina known for. Jolie. You're yeah. saying that's what he's known for. Yeah. Okay. People are like, oh, I love John Voigt. Remember yeah. him in Tomb Raider? Yeah. All right. Here's the fiction. And last week you were like, yeah, these aren't any authors I know. Ooh. All Dressed in White, an Under Suspicion novel by Mary Higgins Clark. And Alifair Burke. How'd you know that? How'd you know that? Because I read The Cinderella Murders. <laughs> All right. Is this the same as the... Yeah, it's a sequel. Okay. Yeah. I might check that out. Did you was... like the... I can't remember if you liked The Cinderella I didn't, Murders. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one of those... It's a mystery and it was... I, you know, as a first go for a series, it was it was a decent start. I'd probably check out a second one. The Guilty Will Robbie by David Baldacci. Is that how you pronounce his name? Probably Baldacci. But Baldacci. Yeah. Well, anyways, he's, he's a when we get a David Bald, a new David Baldacci book, it's like people just lining up around the building. Yeah. He's a very popular author here in Wellsville. Yeah. So I think he's popular everywhere. Put in your holds right now, friends, because yeah. David Baldacci is coming your way. The Mistletoe Inn, a novel. Oh. It's part of the Mistletoe Collection. Oh, wow. By Richard Paul Evans. Oh, boy, the king of Christmas. Again, that's Johnny Mathis, but he's the king of writing about Christmas, probably. Okay. Oh, you love this series. Tricky 22, a Stephanie Plum novel. Oh. By Jan Ivanovich. Stephanie Plum. Did you, did you hear I said you love this series? Yeah, I don't love the series. But I mean, you, I've never read it. But you do love fair. it. I tried to read a Janet Ivanovich, and I, I just, it wasn't Which for one me. was it? Was it part of the Stephanie Plum stuff? No, it was the, um... The ones that are like magic, I think it was I think it was Wicked Appetites that I tried to read. Oh, okay. It's a. Didn't they turn Stephanie Plum into a movie? Yeah, they Isn't made that... they made one for the money with Catherine Heigl. Yeah, that's just not. I don't out? think it did so great. I don't think they're they're planning on doing more. Yeah, I don't think Catherine Heigl is a big enough star to. Do I don't. That. I've never understood the appeal of Catherine Heigl. If that had been like an Angelina Jolie film, <laughs> forget it. Star Wars. Oh, I hate this. I hate all the colons. Ready? Star Wars. Colon. Journey to Star Wars. No. Colon. Stop the it. Force Awakens. Oh my gosh. Colon. Jeez. Shattered Empire. Stop it. Colon. Col- paperback. Colon. Too much. <laughs> Warheart. It's a Richard and Colin book by Terry Goodkind. Mm-hmm. He's a big name. Yeah. The Pharaoh's Secret. The Pneuma Files by Clive Cussler and Graham Brown. 
this cover is interesting. It's not explosive, mm. but there's a like a lady in a bikini, okay, scuba diving. Wow. Well, I guess it's not scuba diving because she's not she's in a bikini. She doesn't have a scuba gear on or anything. Yeah. So, so she's swimming dives, yeah. to a pharaoh statue underwater. What? How did it get there? How did they build this? I gotta read it now. Yeah. I gotta read it. The Game of Lives, Mortality Doctrine, Book Three by James Dashner. This is part of the Eye of Minds uh, other second book I can't remember. Rule of Thoughts. So it's the guy who did the Maze Runner series. Yeah. This is his new series. Wow. So and I said before I read the first book and it was just it's not good. Yeah. It's like a guy it's like a kid writing about him and his friends having awesome adventures because they're so awesome. <laughs> so Okay. So Today's segment. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk, talk some nonfiction. Yeah, we're going to talk nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Yeah. When you're going to like, do you, do you sit down and think, hey, you know what? I'd like to read a nonfiction book. Or do you just see something and like, oh, that's interesting, and it happens to be nonfiction? Uh, my thing is the topic first. Okay. Like, I want to read something on this. Okay. Like, I want to read a book on Led Zeppelin. I want right. to read a book on the history of this. It's not like, oh, I'm in the mood for a nonfiction. Because um, usually I'm not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I naturally <laughs> gravitate towards fiction, and so I try when I'm like when I'm looking at my shelves, thinking like, oh, what shall I read next? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I try to think, hey, you know, I should toss in nonfiction in there, and yeah. then some I just naturally I see yeah. here that come through and think, hey, I want to read that. But uh, all right, so question to you: Yeah, when you read nonfiction, do you tend to read stuff about the history of things, or do you read like biographies? <laughs> well, I was telling my wife that we were going to do a nonfiction thing, and she was like, "Well, good luck finding a nonfiction book that you like that doesn't involve a president or a beetle." <laughs> and it's a, <laughs> it's a very fair point. Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess I tend to go more with, I guess maybe more biographies. Biographies are specific events. I don't do a lot of like real broad nonfiction. Okay. Uh, do you like the travel log? Well, I guess we'll just start talking about it. Yeah. Do you? Well, I do, think we are. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you want to start this? Do you want to talk about our favorites? Well, let's see. You asked me if I like the travel log. I, I don't, I guess I haven't read much. One, one that stands out to me in that regard, let me see if I can pull it up here, is Desert Solitaire by Edward Abbey. Have you read okay. that at all? Okay, I have not. He's, he has fiction too. I mean, he, he's not just nonfiction, mm-hmm. but, um, Desert Solitaire is about his time as a, um, like a park ranger in a really remote, like untapped part of the country at a time when those still existed. And it's just, it's an odd book. It's really, I mean, I, I loved it. I, I gave it four stars. And the thing is, it, it was really, when I was done, I was like, what was this book about? What was this? It's really hard because it's like, it's part just his own personal experience. as a lot of philosophy and how he felt about, you know, man shouldn't, interfere with nature so much there's a lot of philosophy in it um just history of the area and like a little bit of propaganda for like you know Mm. conservationism so it was uh but it was really good and it just it was things that i'd never thought about before and it just put me in this place to just think about what would it be like to just be in this open vast wilderness and knowing you're like the only soul there and something about that for me is is intriguing and interesting mm-hmm. and also terrifying. Really? Yeah. I try to do that mentally. Like yeah. sometimes if I go, if I walk my dog and we're like in the woods or like we're on a field or something and I can't see yeah. the road, I can even hear it. But sometimes I try to be like, all right, I'm the only person, yeah. like just me and my dog. Right. So. Well, I feel like, you know, even just like driving places, there's a lot of, there's a lot of in, in our area here, you know, you'll go for a long stretch and you won't see like a house or mm-hmm. anything that says, hey, you know, it's 2015, yeah. and, it, and that it's, <laughs> there's something interesting about that to just look out and see just like trees and yeah. forests and nothingness. So that's. Uh, oh, what about you? Are you a are you a travel log guy? I haven't I, I haven't read any travel logs except okay. for this one. I've read. It's kind of a combination of travel log and other stuff. It's called Fantasy Freaks and Gaming Geeks: mm. An Epic Quest for Reality Among Role Players, Online Gamers, and Other Dwellers of Imaginary Realms. It's by Ethan Gilsdorf. And I really wanted to like it when I read it. Because what he's doing is he's going to all these different parts of geekdom. He's going to places... He's going to, like, uh, Gen Con, which is mm-hmm. the convention um, Gary Gygax created okay. to get gamers together when it was first starting. And now it's this big thing. So he went there to play games with some people. He went to a Renaissance fair to partake in stuff. He, he did the Lord of the Rings uh, tour through New Zealand. And okay. um, 
LARPing, you know, live action role playing. He did all this stuff and he was talking to people who did it. And you think that'd be really interesting. It's just he has this attitude about it, mm-hmm. about how it's not a satisf- it's not satisfying to him and how he's okay. trying to grow out of this stuff. And it's kind of bothersome because the people who are gonna want to read it are people who are interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I don't think you have to grow out a certain elements of this geekdom that he tours to be an adult. You're right. But I guess maybe personally for him he had to because he had to do other stuff maybe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's... But it was, it was interesting to go through after reading that. I'm like, I think I want a live-action role play. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> funny. It's, it's just funny. Uh, I, I would go to a renaissance fair now. Yeah. Um, it, it's cool. It, I wish he had been a little bit more positive about you know, yeah, stuff. It, it's funny how the, the attitude of a writer in nonfiction can really color it for you. Yeah. I read... Um, Kevin, what's what's his name? Kevin Murphy from uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater sure. or Riff yeah. Tracks has a book about uh, trying to have the theater experience, going to the theater uh-huh. to watch movies. Right, and it's just such a negative, unpleasant book yeah. because he's just like people on their cell phones and talking and yeah. leaving and everything, and all that's true. Yeah, but the book was just such a. I don't know, such a drag. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's a, a similar thing happened to me when I, I read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Have you read that? No. Super That's a popular minor. one. Yeah, I mean, it's like a billions, but I just felt like the, I just did not like the author. Mm-hmm. I didn't like his approach or his, just personally, yeah. I feel like I wouldn't have liked him, and it made well, it so Well, it's because it's first person. I couldn't enjoy it. Most yeah. of the time, it's first person, so they, yeah. they always put in these, like, snarky remarks, and either the snarky remark is going to endear you to them, or it's going to... Yeah. So when it's something like Fantasy Freaks, where, like, for me, I like the topic, mm-hmm. and then he's like... Talk, kind of bashing the topic I'm like what shut up yeah so I, I had a hard time through that whole book um, and that's too bad about the Kevin Murphy well I mean he's a sarcastic guy yeah, anyway so I guess maybe he thought he had to just, be I mean I don't know maybe he felt like it was coming across as funny but it wasn't mm-hmm. it was just alright well that's the travel log then yeah doesn't um, Crichton have one doesn't, doesn't Michael yeah he has one, one called Travels yeah right <laughs> so I really want to read that one that's yeah. on my list I, I have a lot of like Stuart nonfiction Woods, to read Stuart Woods has one about uh, sailing like he he decided he wanted to become a, a sailor I think it's called huh. uh, uh, Blue Water Green Skipper or something and I tried to read that and it was not, not good okay you know what I like and this is this is fluffier obviously but um, Paul Reiser from like Mad About You, you just you mentioned know? this to me earlier I love Mad About You but anyway Paul Reiser has these books, Couplehood, Babyhood, and Familyhood. And it's uh-huh. just like, it's really kind of observational humor about those stages in life. And it, I read each of them like before I was at the appropriate stage. And so I would probably like them more now, but <laughs> I read Couplehood before I was married. Uh-huh. And I read Babyhood before I had a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, and then I just recently read Familyhood. <laughs> they're funny and they're like, they're very like real to what those experiences are like. So I enjoyed those. Okay. I know we have them here. Uh, I do have to mention, I, I realize I have read another travelogue. It's oh, called okay. Dis- Dispatches by uh, uh, Michael Herr. It's uh-huh. kind of a famous one. It's about um, a reporter dispatch in the Vietnam War. Oh, okay. Um, it inspired Apocalypse Now. I mean, Vietnam, it's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the things he describes that people doing and stuff, it's, it's crazy. The, like, he, he says one line, like, flip religion... People were worshiping anything they could. Like it didn't matter if it was Jesus Christ or Jimi Hendrix. They were anything that they thought would get them out of Vietnam. <laughs> they they were praying to. So, what type of nonfiction do you want to talk about next? What oh, do you I got on your list? Well, I was. I mean, my wife was right. I've read a lot of Bible books. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about banned books. Okay. Because uh, I do love reading. Okay. Uh, not giant like. Not my wife. She she doesn't understand how I can do this because with banned books and a lot of other stuff, they tend to be like coffee table books mm-hmm. and she doesn't understand how I can just sit there and read a giant coffee table book but I mean when it's about a band you love yeah. what are you going to do so what, what do you got for your band nonfiction? what, what bands have well, intrigued you so much yeah Bes- I don't, <laughs> should I say besides the Beatles or not, is it just the Beatles yeah there's not a there's not a big broad uh, <laughs> section uh, I've I've read let me tell the, the best Beatle books I've read would be the just Beatles the biography by Bob Spitz it's a okay. huge book sure and this covers everything yeah and was just really I mean I think I gave it five stars I loved it I mean mm-hmm. I just ate it up that was great um I also I read a biography on Lennon uh just called John Lennon written by Philip Norman and he also he's one of Mick Jagger and a few others but okay the Lennon book was really good all right and it 
I thought it was a very fair assessment. You know, it's, it, some of the stuff I read, it's either like everything John Lennon did was amazing and for some greater purpose. Right. And I thought this was very balanced, that it was mm-hmm. like, you know, there, obviously he, so, sometimes that's true, right. but sometimes he was also just kind of a jerk, yeah. you know, for the sake of being a jerk. And yeah. I, that's sort of one of the things that I think people find endearing about him. So yeah. it, the book found a really good balance. Uh, I've read some Elvis books. Uh, I read one called Me and Elvis, written by Charlie Hodge, which was like, you know, he kind of okay. part of Elvis's entourage. So that was cool. Um, I read, here's, this is, again, something for our fabled uh, Guilty Pleasures episode, but I, I'm a big Sonny and Cher fan. I've always loved Sonny and Cher. So I read Sonny Bono's book, The Beat Goes On, and that's a fascinating story yeah. about, you know, it just makes you realize just how clever he was to take something that... I mean, he's not a great singer, yeah. you know. Cher's really an acquired taste, but to like <laughs> make the two of them a, a household name, it was it was a fascinating story. Yeah. But. Book I'm gonna read. Yeah, all the songs by Bob Dylan. Oh, oh, you didn't mention that one. All the songs, the Beatles. Is that one? Oh, like your is, Beatles. Yeah, is that, that one of your top that ones? That is or? great. Yeah, that's uh, that's called the Hard Day's Right, yeah. and it's uh, it's every song that that the right. Beatles. Not every song. It's every it's every song written by the Beatles. So it doesn't right. include covers. Did you learn stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just goes album by album, and it's like, here's what inspired this, mm-hmm. and and all that. So that is that's a great one. To okay, mm-hmm. um, I've have... read I've read one like that about <laughs> Lennon's solo career, oh, okay. which is also really good. Sure. So Beatles, yeah. Is right. that's, I, I told you, I'm um, very upfront about. I've that. read whole lot of Zeppelin, the okay. illustrated history of the heaviest band of all time by mm-hmm. John Bream. They're crazy. I mean, it's like they spent. Most of their time creating some of the best rock music ever, mm-hmm. and then they spent the rest of the time cheating on their wives <laughs> and doing drugs. Wow. So it's rough stuff, but I mean, just talking, listening to some of the stuff they were doing for their songs, mm-hmm. um, developing new processes, it's pretty interesting. It's good. If you're a Led Zeppelin fan, uh, this is kind of considered one of the best. I should try harder, because I'm not a Led Zeppelin fan, but never All right. Mind. I've also read... The Red Hot Chili Peppers in Oral and Visual History. You know what? I learned a lot of stuff about their earlier history. Okay. Because um, their lineup that I consider to be my favorite lineup, which is John Frusciante, Flea, Chad Smith, and um, Anthony Kiedis, wasn't always a thing. Anthony Kiedis has always been there. Flea's been there for a long time. But um, reading about how John Frusciante, their guitarist, got on board uh, after their previous guitarist died, um, it's interesting. And reading about how Frusciante was a huge Chili Pepper fan, mm. and then he joined the band. is oh, interesting. interesting yeah. And Chad Smith is the drummer. He's the one that looks like Will Ferrell. Right. Um, it is interesting, because he came and Flea, in... Flea is for, in Back to the Future. Yeah, Flea's in Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, but Chad Smith is interesting, because he came in kind of like, just to play the drums and everything, and they, they would test out their drummers by having Flea play the bass, mm-hmm. and they would have to keep up with Flea. Mm-hmm. And at the end, Flea was having to keep up with Chad Smith. Mm. But then they were like, oh, well, uh, we all shave our heads, so mm. you have to shave your head. And Chad Smith's like... I'm not doing that. And they're like, huh, we respect this guy. And so he's that's their drummer right. now. He's you know, in their sense. With the Beatles, that was a thing with Pete Best, the original drummer. Okay. They did like the Beatle mop top haircuts, which are like right. iconic. And Pete was like, I don't want to do that. And yeah. they were like, we, that was... hate, we hate you. <laughs> Get out of here. We want Ringo Starr. Someone call Ringo Starr. <laughs> so that's it's the opposite effect. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, Pete Best needed a band like the Chili Peppers. Yeah. But you know what I wish... I think he's still looking. He's available. (laughs) He's available. I wish they would do in all the songs for the Chili Peppers because, I mean, it might just be like, uh, we got into cocaine, so we wrote a song about (laughs) dealing with that. (laughs) But uh, there are some songs I'm like, I wonder what they were trying to say with this Mm -hmm. one. So, I mean, they can't all be about drugs, can they? No. Yes, they can. Yeah, they they can. can, But maybe they're not. But, of course, I read that. I mean, as you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are my favorite band. Yeah, I do know that. It's hard for me to read a biography about someone who's, like, alive. Yeah, because you know there's going to be another one. Yeah. You're not getting the final you know, biography. I mean, I guess there's one that, uh, I don't know, I can't remember if we have this here or not, but there's one called Man on the Run. It's about just Paul McCartney, post-Beatles, like, getting wings together. Right. And it's on a set time. Yeah. And that I'm interested in. That makes sense, yeah. But I tried to read a McCartney biography, and I was just like, well, we don't know how this story ends. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. why I love the Lennon one so much, because you, you have time to, like, reflect and think yeah. about it. and yeah, so that's uh, actually what was I've interesting. Never read a good Harrison biography. My brother's read a lot. He okay. likes I meet mine, but I, I haven't read it. Do you do? Do you read a lot of like essays, like nonfiction essays? Uh, I did when I was in school. Okay, I read a lot. I I had to do a presentation on political satire, mm-hmm. so I read a lot of books on political satire. I read Satire TV, Entertaining Politics. 
uh, consuming politics, a lot of stuff talking about, it was a lot of essays about like The Daily Show, The Colbert okay. Report, okay. Uh, SNL's, you know, earlier stuff. So uh, who's the other guy? Dennis, Dennis Miller, mm-hmm. his stuff. So okay. I read, so those were interesting. I don't, I guess it's harder because you know how you said a writer's perspective yeah. can really skew. I like to keep the same writer's perspective throughout the book, though. Okay. So, I love uh, David Sedaris. Oh yeah, you, you read well. You read the Christmas at least, right? Oh, the you Christmas read, what's it called? Holidays on Ice. Yes, Holidays on Ice. Not all of those are nonfiction. Some okay. of those are fiction. But uh, the, he he has. I mean, he has some nonfiction. He has a collection of like fables, mm-hmm. animal stories, and stuff. Um, yeah. Most of I think his strongest stuff is when he's talking about like his family and his childhood. Okay, um, and I'm sure they're exaggerated, but those just uh, did just kill me. And I've read some just straight, you know, just read them, and and I've listened to the audiobooks from some. He reads the audiobooks himself, and those just those will kill you. They're so funny. <laughs> and my favorites of his, probably, probably my absolute favorite, is "Dress Your Family in Corduroy and Denim." Okay. With me, talk pretty one day as a short, as a close second. Okay. So I don't think we have the audio. We have some David Sedaris audiobooks, but we definitely have these in a hardcover, not in the stacks. Okay. But I love David Sedaris. I also love um, "Sign Language" by Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. Which one? What's that? Is that just? It's essays. Ob- I mean, it's, observations. Yeah, it is. It's kind of expanded stand-up that he right. does, but I, I like those. Um, have you read much like comedy nonfiction? Have I read much comedy? Uh, I'm, I'm asking you. Sometimes. No, I know. Uh, no, I guess not. Okay. So. I haven't read. I haven't read tons. I read. Um, I read a couple of like Hollywood biographies that I've enjoyed. I, I read Tracy Morgan's autobiography, which was just. Yeah, let's talk favorite biographies. Do you have a favorite biography you've read? Boy, I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, prob- probably that Lennon one, but okay. that's, that kind of falls under our, our band heading. But one that was really interesting to me was Paul Schaefer from David Letterman's longtime uh, band oh, okay. leader. Right. And he's just had he's just had a, a fascinating life. He's just he's like come in contact with so many interesting. He tells this one story about. Um, back like when when segregation was like still a big thing, right? He goes swimming with Martin Luther King Jr. in like a segregated pool, but they like they both swim in this thing, and it was like this huge deal. And it's like what? That's crazy. That's a crazy story. And then he was just a drummer on yeah, David Letterman. Yeah, he was a drummer on David Letterman. But wow. you know, I mean, so that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read a ton of biographies, I guess. Yeah, I've okay. Uh, I've read Excelsior. I've mentioned that before. It's That's the one Stanley. on Stanley. Yeah. It's it's actually really good. If you don't know a lot about Marvel history and how he created superheroes, and uh, it's worth checking out. But it's also worth checking out because I mean, he he, you know, he grew up during the Depression. Yeah. And he was all, he also served in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he used to do the posters to support uh, troops. Okay. Uh, he would he would do posters to remind them to get their penicillin shot <laughs> because of uh some soldiers exploits on shore leave so that's it's kind of funny to think the same guy who created spider-man is over there like don't forget boys penicillin yeah, right um i've read the end i've read diary of a young girl by Anne oh, frank. Anne frank that's okay. a i haven't read that i've read i guess these are journals now I've, i read that and i've also read the diving bell and the butterfly okay that's a really sad story the guy who gets paralyzed and yeah, he yeah. writes that whole story while right. he's he's stuck like that with biographies i think mm-hmm. i've read more Political biographies. I try, oh, yeah. like when it's political season in the in the. I try to read like a book by the different candidates. Oh, yeah. So I've read quite a few of those, and you, know, you have to kind of take those with a grain of salt. Right. So yeah. I've enjoyed some. <laughs> you know, I did. I did enjoy um, Decision Points by George W. Bush. I thought that was kind of interesting. It's it's not a traditional um, biography. It's mm-hmm. more like he he picked some specific like decisions that he made and talked about them. So you know, whether whether you agree with him or not, it was interesting to hear like you know his thoughts and, and why those things happened. So that was a pretty good as far as political memoirs go. I okay. Um, you know, remember how we said uh, you asked if I had if I was in the mood to read nonfiction, and I said it was a subject thing. One yeah. subject I'm always like reading nonfiction of is like video games and obviously like games in general. Uh-huh. Um, one of the best books I've ever read is called Game Over, uh, How Nintendo Conquered the World. Uh-huh. It's the history of Nintendo probably till the late 90s. Okay. Uh, I think they've updated it. Um, it's just interesting, the stuff. It talks about some of their bad decisions, the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. It talks about um, 
a lawsuit they had against Universal Studios versus mm-hmm. Donkey Kong and King Kong. Oh. And it turned out that uh, King Kong was public domain. Oh. So Nintendo got to sue Universal back. Nice. Uh, it talks about the Sega Nintendo War and uh-huh. everything. So that's interesting. I've read other stuff like Joystick Nation, uh, Dungeons and Dreamers, uh, Game Over. Um, and also, I've read Of Dice and Men, okay. which is the story of Dungeons and Dragons and the people who play it. So it's not a history of Guy- Gary Gygax. So mm-hmm. they're actually a good companion because one gives you the story of the game, one gives you the story of the person. Okay. It was really good and talked a lot about that's where I got most of the D&D knowledge I have now. I like reading nonfiction books about movies. I've read this one called uh, Flashback, A Brief History of Film. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Just film history. And also, I've read a few books on Akira Kurosawa. Oh. Do you know who he is? He, he's, kind of, he's been described as the uh, Japanese Spielberg. Okay. He, he did uh, Seven Samurai mm-hmm. Rashomon. Okay. So... I've um I, I like history. I mean, I I've yeah. read like I said I've read, you know, a lot of political biographies, but I, mm-hmm. oh, you know, Bill Clinton recently, I guess not that recently, it's been a <laughs> couple of years now. But he wrote one called oh, what is it called? I think it's called Back to Work. Okay. And that was really good. It was about like the economy basically mm-hmm. and just, you know, his thoughts on yeah, back to work. Uh, why we need smart government for a strong economy. And I thought that was that was good. I mean, because yeah. it was it wasn't it wasn't like a narrative, you know. It was just like sort of political thought, and I, I really enjoyed that one. But um, some of the ones, and this this shocked me that I liked this this much. But um, I picked up a copy of Killing Kennedy. Uh, no, sorry, first Killing Lincoln okay. by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. Okay. And you know, I didn't really know what to expect. Bill O'Reilly's such a Big personality, personality yeah. You know, Let's I say usually, personality. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't like those on either side. Okay. You know? and so I was kind of like, eh. But I do, I've always been fascinated by the Lincoln assassination and everything. And, and I really liked that. I, there, that series is written to be more like a thriller. Right. You know, it's not, I would never say go and read this as a detailed history of the Lincoln assassination. Right. But if you know basically what went down and you want to read kind of an exciting version of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely worth the read. Huh. Uh, it's it's there's just we had the new one, Killing Reagan, just came out, which we right. have. It's been popular. I've only read Killing Lincoln and Killing Kennedy, but they're good. Right. You know, they were they were really good, just like fun thriller versions of these stories. Okay. So don't don't look for deep historical thought right. there, but but if you just want to uh, refresh on on uh, those in an exciting way, I think those are solid. If I mean the Killing Kennedy one is all about Oswald as the lone gunman, right. so. If you buy that nonsense, <laughs> then maybe, yeah. maybe that'll be a good one. Um, those I, are fun. Those are a lot of fun. I guess one of the best books on like American history I've read mm-hmm. is called War Letters. It's Extraordinary Correspondence from American Wars. Oh, yeah. You've seen you know, this. Yeah. Um, it's just a collection of letters people wrote during like all yeah. the different wars through American history. And a lot of them are really I fascinating. Read, I haven't read that cover to cover, but I've read quite a, quite a bit of it. I, uh, it. When I had my own apartment... Um, my first like real apartment. Yeah. I, I had made this thing to have a lot of really cool books in my bathroom. Yeah. So that was one of them. Uh, and uh, I just thought it was really cool. I mean, it is we kind of fascinating. Here, you know, War letters. It, yeah, we have it down in the stacks. Yeah. If you, I mean, it's just it'll be on the display. So just people writing to, to their family and friends yeah. about what life is like or yeah. what they're planning to do or how they're feeling. It is really interesting. All right, I'm gonna quickly go through some really quick that I've got because I want to talk about them. Okay. Um, I've read Blue Zones. And uh, I've talked about, I don't know if I've talked about this with you. It's called Lessons for Living Longer from People Who Live the Longest. Mm. So he goes to uh, places, the writer, uh, Dan Butner, he goes to uh, places in the globe okay. where people live to like 100, but like live to 100 and stay healthy. Weird. Like, you know, 80 year olds who can like find somebody unconscious on a trail, pick them up, and then carry them where they are. And so he's trying to figure out why, why in these blue zones yeah. do people. Uh, live longer and live healthier. Um, it's interesting some of the stuff that they do, like very little meat in their diet, a lot of exercise. He gives tips at the end, and I really like it. You know, uh, having pets, um, kind of creating like a family shrine. I'm sure uh, I, there. I constantly say, I'm living like this now, and then I get two burgers from McDonald's and <laughs> oh, I realize man. I'm gonna. Let's go get hamburgers. All right, and then I want to mention. Because uh, you know I'm a huge fan of science fiction. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, there, there's a lot of books on like science fiction, and I, I tend to really like encyclopedia styled mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. Science fiction, the Illustrated Encyclopedia by John Clute, it's amazing. 
It's like if you want to have a book on just the history of science fiction. And I think we all do. And just like, you know, find the best stuff, find authors, and they're like, it's, it's amazing. It's great. I, I read hmm. so much. And it's, it's a thing to read like an encyclopedia. Yeah. But it's one I don't own that I need to get. Yeah, really. Um, John Scalzi, the guy who's written like Old, oh, Man's, Old Man's War. War. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, but did he write Red, red Shirts? Shirt, yes. Okay. He wrote The Rough Guide to Sci-Fi Movies. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting for the oh. films. Uh, but the, the encyclopedia, I mean, that covers it all. It yeah. covers the movies. It covers the books. It covers pulp uh, books and comics and stuff. So I'd, I'd say probably for a beginner, the rough guide to sci-fi movies might be more entertaining. Okay. But if you really want to get into like Canticle of Leibowitz Deep and down. Uh, Robert Heinlein's stuff. Then... You're making me want to read more sci-fi. Yeah. I got to tell you. Yeah. You, need to, you should pick some out for me. I don't know. Any other like nonfiction? I think I, I shouted out the ones I really love. I mean, I feel like on one way we could do like segment on just books, nonfiction books on one subject. Like mm-hmm. what's the best history books we've read and stuff. Yeah. But it's basically to say we read nonfiction as well. Yeah. So, and we yeah. have some, some favorites and some topics we like reading. Definitely. I guess there's nothing else to say. No. I mean, obviously we're, we've read more nonfiction than we've mentioned mm-hmm. on all kinds of topics. Sure. Be it Shakespeare or... You're sounding a little defensive. The people Caesar are, Milan. The people are now going to believe that you're lying and you've listed every nonfiction yeah. book you've ever read. All right. That's let's, the last thing. Yeah, let's close the door on We ran long. Thing. Did we? Oh, what hey. We everybody, don't forget to email us, Facebook us, or tweet us your favorite nonfiction books. If there yeah. is a nonfiction book specifically that you've read on any subject, just let us know. While we're at it, we, we were talking about the next author spotlight we want to do and we, we were coming up a little dry because we haven't read a lot of the same things so if there's an author that you really want us to talk about yeah send it in either to the email or twitter or or send us a note here and and we'll look into it and and give it a shot so this week if you have a a nonfiction book you want to give a shout out to send it to wellsville at stls.org send it to all the book show on twitter on twitter or uh the david a howe public library facebook page and uh we'll we'll share it on air? On air. Yeah, yeah, what your favorite is. And yep. whether or not it sounds like something we'd want to read. Yeah. So I guess that's it, man. Yeah. We, we actually ran... I thought we weren't going to have a lot to say about nonfiction. Yeah, we did. But it turns out that was a fiction. Oh, my gosh. Mm, that was have, bad. Have a pleasant November. Yeah. Mm-hmm.